0: We'll be Hey, good afternoon. I'm back. This is a Doubleheader with CDP today, live with CDP. Again, I want to wish everybody a happy St. Patrick's Day, hence the uh, green Eagles hat and my green shirt. So uh, I'm looking forward to today's uh, uh, second uh podcast of the day, season three, episode 18, and this is my 128th episode I've done in two years, so I've been very lucky to have so many great guests to come on, and today I look forward to my guest, uh, Carla Fitzsimmons, she's a Rogers TV producer, uh, part-time professor at Conestoga College, and also uh, a producer at 570 City News in Kitchener, and uh, I'm looking forward to speaking to her and uh, telling her how much I've enjoyed uh, my time uh, with Rogers TV as a volunteer volunteer and uh learning the cameras from uh neil white and stuff like that as well and uh just give me one second guys and i'm gonna bring on carla and uh i'm looking forward to speaking with her happy saint patrick's day how are you doing
1: saint patrick's day to you too and i'm irish so uh this is fantastic i am wearing green but it's more camo than green um but okay. <laughs> congratulations so on the number of podcasts you've done that is fantastic
0: thank you uh I, I was going to tell you when we were in the green room earlier, this all started by a chance opportunity. I was volunteering with the Guelph Nighthawks uh, a couple years ago uh, during a game at a halftime they're like hey we need a volunteer to do cameras i'm like i've never done it before and they're like come on we'll show you so the producer at the time kirk showed me and uh i ended up doing the cameras for the rest of the game and the producer goes have you ever done camera work before and i'm like no and then they they uh at the end of the game they ended up paying me 50 dollars for doing my camera work (laughs) which i didn't expect to do and then they uh one of the guys steve Fay who was with Rogers TV as a volunteer, he, uh, he was with the Gulf Nighthawks. And he said, uh, if you're interested in going further into camera work, uh, apply to Rogers TV in Kitchener. And I'll put in a good word with Jordan Gruber for you. And that's how it led me to Rogers TV. And then before the pandemic struck, uh, what was it? February or March 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told Neil White after a game, I said, I'm going to start up my own podcast because I got a taste of the broadcasting bug and it ended up le- uh, leading me into my own podcast. So uh, just doing something with the Nighthawks led me to Rogers and then end up doing my podcast.
1: That's fantastic. That, you know, it's, it's amazing how things can happen and develop and chance meetings with people and opportunities that if you're not afraid to try and especially when they were needing somebody, right. So the fact that you took the chance to try it and then look at the skill that you, you had, because obviously they paid you, right. They weren't like, Oh, let's not remember this guy. They had immediately, you know, yeah. your career forward. So that's fantastic. I love that. That's a great story.
0: So I'm I'm grateful to the Guelph Nighthawks and uh, mm-hmm. like I said I I have to admit I was nervous because I'd never oh, done not. a I'd never done camera work before other than my phone at sporting events <laughs> and uh, I was just trying to do a good job for them and uh, yeah so I led to that and then Steve Fay basically it just one one thing led to another and then yeah so um, it's taken me almost 50 years to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life and, okay. and a lot of guests are telling me it's not when you start. That's nope. how you finish.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that. You know, we all take different paths to get where to where we're going to go. Sometimes it takes a weird turn somewhere else. And then eventually you end up where you want to go. Uh, I don't think that it's about always knowing where you're going to be and how to get there. I know that we hear all the time about, oh, you have to have a plan, you have to have a plan. But you know, when you're 17 years old, and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with your career, there's, you may have a million different interests. And I have have a 16 year old son and, you know, he is trying to figure out what to do here. And I keep saying to him, what do you like? Because that's really what it comes down to. And sometimes it's the hobby that ends up being the career. Sometimes you take a a path that you think, this is what I really want to do. And then later find out, nah, I actually would sooner just do that as a hobby. And I actually think I want to do something else. But I don't know what that is. And sometimes it's about finding out more about what you don't want to do. And then when you find the thing you want to do and you love it, you know you love it. Right? And that's what, yeah. So that's fantastic that you're getting there. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i always loved sports and talking about sports but back in the 90s i'm not making excuses they just didn't have this platform I didn't, and, no. and then people were just like take law and security chris it's easy whatever take it at mohawk college and I ended up doing it and and in hindsight i really wish i had stayed with the broadcasting but you know it's never too late
1: nope nope it's not i 100 agree with that it's never too late uh anytime someone tells you that it's well, you should have done that sooner. You should have done this sooner. You know what? I think it's an obstacle that you just overcome and that just makes you a stronger person for what it is. But also you bring in experience from so many other things. And that's so much about what broadcasting really is, is having experiences so that if you were a reporter or you are a podcaster or whatever it is, your experience that you bring in, sometimes is you ask the questions that somebody who doesn't really have life experience wouldn't know to ask or even and think about asking. And, and I think that's so key with, with this industry is that it's made up of a bunch of different uh, people that come in with diverse backgrounds. And sometimes people are later at getting involved in it, but at the same time, it doesn't change. Um, it just makes them a better broadcaster. I, I believe, I truly believe that. So. Well,
0: with my current job in security over the years, I've had to interview people, I've had to ask questions, I've had to uh, talk to different types of people. And I think those skills and security have actually helped me
1: in a way with podcasting. 100%. I would, I would say 100%. I think that's uh, totally true.
0: And what I'm trying to do now is uh, take some of my writing skills from writing reports at my other job and putting it into blogging. And Mm -hmm. I figured, I figure, you know what, it's another skill to have and I'm still improving my writing skills. But I just figure if I can do blogging on a regular basis with my podcasting and camera work and keep learning, I think that will help me.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I think so. 100%. I, I think it's all about uh, having diverse skills, right? That you're just not that you only know how to shoot with a camera, you need to know how to talk to people, you need to know how to look for story ideas, you need to know how to write things down and, and kind of be creative. I mean, it's all about the creative process. and And I think that's really, it's, it's, great to see when people want to take stuff and they want to go to the next level and they want to learn new stuff to add to what they already have. Right. And I think that's so much about what this industry really is, is about taking those creative skills and putting it, you know, out there to the world for the world to see. Right. I think that's, that's what it is. Yeah.
0: And like, and when I do my blogging at nighttime, I'm too, I sometimes I'm so tired. I can't do it. So in the morning I wake up, I'm like, okay, I have a subject I want to write about and I blog about it. And, uh, And when with my podcast too, people think, oh, anybody can do a podcast from home. It's a lot of work. You have to book guests which is a full-time job itself. You have to arrange your schedule, which I'm working midnights with my guests. And then it's also sometimes guests have to cancel at the last minute. So you have to be able to roll with the punches. So uh, I think I'm getting a few skills from doing the podcasting as well. Absolutely. You're a full-time producer. That's what a producer is, right? Like it's, it's, I never. it's all of that. I never really thought of myself as a producer. I just thought about a guy trying to get into radio with this, but you're right. It's, it's I guess producing. it is a form of producing. It absolutely so.
1: is. Cause you're producing it yourself, right? So you are a producer. You could add that to your credit 100% because you're booking the guests. You're doing all of that stuff, right? So uh, the fact that, you're, you're taking the time because you're going to be researching the people too, that you're talking to. So yes. you are, you are the podcast producer as well as the podcaster. So you are that you have my blessing that that is your accreditation now. So add that to your resume because you are a producer. <laughs>
0: okay. And I was going to say this too. I'm, I'm really lucky with Rogers TV, uh, to get Neil White as my producer, because the first night I'm going to tell you this, I've never told anybody the first night I, I did my first storm game, which was I think October 2019. Mm-hmm. i i didn't think i was going to get through the one game i really thought oh my god i don't think i can do this mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sucking at it but neil white was so patient with me and Ooh, and, yeah. and 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 the crew took me in right away they didn't like what's this old guy doing in here the the crew was really good and neil gave me an opportunity and uh and then after i got through the first shift i i signed up for more shifts and then I started getting better and more comfortable. And then we got shut down with the pandemic and I told Neil, after 18 months, you guys are going to have to retrain me again. And uh, I um what I love about it. I, I talk a lot too, by the way, uh, <laughs> what I love about it is I'm learning something new every time I'm at a storm game. Cause with TV, radio, whatever things do happen and you got to go with the punches. And, and you know what I really like about Jeff and Neil, if I make a mistake or I don't know something, they won't answer my question or they will show me what i need to do Mm -hmm. and then that way i know they don't like hey are you stupid or blah 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 there's No. no negativity it's a good environment to be in and i really enjoy being with rogers tv a lot
1: that's good i'm glad and neil is fantastic as a producer as is jeff um and you know the great thing is is that uh with with ohl It takes a lot of uh, patience and and stuff just with the things that happen in a live broadcast. I could not produce OHL hockey. There is no way I would ever have that ability. It takes a special kind of producer to do that. And I don't have that. Um and Neil is fantastic. He's a great uh for me, he's a great um c- colleague to work with. And I enjoy uh when Neil and I get to work on something, and it's it's few and far between, obviously, because of the the um pandemic, but we worked on a couple of things together and it's and it's always good to have uh his skill set there. Like he's he's really good at being able to do things that I'm not strong at. So that's the great thing. And you know, like really um the teamwork that goes into being at Rogers TV it's. I've never worked in an environment that has that much teamwork. Uh, generally speaking, most of the places that I have worked, it's a little less than that. And honestly, uh, it's like a family. We all have our own things that we bring to the table and our own insecurities. But, you know, like we kind of work together as a family and try to figure out, you know, if I'm not good at something, how do I get better at it? And, and yeah. you know, we all do that. And it's the same with our volunteers and our interns and stuff. We try to work with them to the best of whatever. There's some interns that may not enjoy working with certain producers and, and whatever, but that's like anything, right? You find Mm. what you like and you try to adapt to it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the one thing I gotta work on, and I admit this, is the cable rolling or the wrapping I am awful at it. And I told Neil and Jeff, I said one day I will get good at it. I just right now want to focus on the camera aspect of it and the setup, the teardown. And I, I do want to keep learning and eventually I am gonna overcome uh doing that. I wanna I always thought I was the only one that was bad at it, but apparently there's others that have struggled with it.
1: I am terrible at it. You can wow. add- anybody that ever has had me roll a cable for them, that they have to pull it apart and start again. Wow. And I mean, it's just, it's a technique, right? Like my husband, yep. he makes fun of my cable uh, rolling techniques. He works in TV and he always is like, really, where did you learn this? And I'm like, a, clearly not where I should have. So it, it's a thing, right? So you are not alone. <laughs> I am just okay. as bad
0: and uh and, and what i like about it is the atmosphere is so positive i guess i've worked in uh, another industry where it's always been negative and negative you did this wrong and and I, i'm still i told my last guest this. when people pay me compliments even with neil i'm like i i don't know how to take them because i'm so used to being in a ni- negative environment and it's just so nice to be in an environment where everybody's so positive and supportive mm-hmm. and encouraging and it's just it makes you want to keep coming back i wasn't even supposed to do the game last night and like i said i ended up uh coming in and helping out and it was one of the better games of the year and stuff it,
1: it was a great game yes. <laughs> i watched it it was a great yeah. game yeah so yeah. You, you definitely got like with that that's just an opportunity all on its own right because there was shootouts there was all that yeah, stuff, so. yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic
0: yes yeah, so um like i said every every shift i do there is a learning experience and 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 everybody also realizes too they they're like chris you're volunteering you're not getting paid but sometimes people don't see the bigger picture sometimes you have to pay your dues do your volunteering get your experience and then it can lead to other things people just think oh no if you're not getting paid it's not worth your time and i'm like that's the wrong attitude to have
1: Yeah, that's, you're right. It, it, you know, volunteering leads to so many different things, but you're volunteering your time. Yes. But at the same time, you're learning stuff from that volunteer experience, right? You're networking, you're doing a whole pile of different things that you wouldn't necessarily do in your day-to-day job. And I volunteer with a number of different organizations in the region. And honestly, uh, the things that like, if I expect a volunteer to do it at Rogers TV, then I, I, it's something I'm going to do too, right? Like I never make anybody do something I wouldn't already do. But the other thing too, is that I also, if I'm, I pay it forward by volunteering my time somewhere else as well. So I'm not getting paid when I'm with Waterloo regional crime stoppers, but I take my skills and I'm able to give them and help them to get the word out about crime stoppers and those kind of things. So, you know, like it, it, I think volunteering, I have got so much more out of my life based on me giving time to somebody else. And that as long as you get something out of it, um, whether it's that they, they you know, appreciate what you're doing and they constantly tell you what an asset you are to the environment you're in or whatever the case may be, uh, then you want to do it. And but you always learn something, right? Like I always find that you learn something from the experiences that you have, you either decide, okay, I don't want to do that as a career, but I don't mind doing that as a hobby. Um, Or the other thing is, is that you determine that this is actually more the path you might want to go or whatever, but then you also get to meet people and learn about uh, the community you're in wherever you're volunteering. Right. So, which is great.
0: I've uh, not, I've made a lot of contacts, but I've also made a lot of new friendships here too.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. That's very true with volunteering and, and just with Rogers in general, I would say <laughs> so.
0: And, and to be honest, without being with Rogers TV, uh, a lot of my OHL podcasts they have done, I wouldn't have been able to probably get the guests on because being with Rogers has helped me, uh, get to know people from other teams i've made friends Mm -hmm. and contacts with other teams across the league so um it's 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 just been a wonderful experience and i really look forward to doing the game tomorrow night against sarnia every time i go in there it's like uh, i really look forward to going in there
1: Mm -hmm. well and you know what sarnia will be a good team to to watch the game as well right um i I always enjoy seeing uh, the teams like from Sarnia and Windsor and sort of like down by the border, just because it's a little bit different hockey I find, Um, and. I mean, I love the Guelph Storm. Um, I've often said that. I don't know how many times I've said that out loud, though, on any kind of podcast. <laughs> but I I think uh, this year especially, uh, Guelph Storm looks like it's coming on to being a really, really, really good team. And I like the rivalry between them and London and, yep. and Kitchener. <laughs> and, you know, I like last night's game was a great game. So yep. hopefully, hopefully tomorrow's will be too. I'm sure Definitely. it will be. But,
0: yeah. <laughs> yes. So I was going to say, and one thing I've also learned too, Carly, and this is from Eric Smith of the Raptors. When I first started this podcast, it took me four months to get guests to come on. I wasn't very good, to be honest. But also I had everything scripted. And Eric gave me some advice. He goes, Chris, it's okay to write stuff down. But when you do a podcast, it's like a radio. You take it like radio. Talk to your guests like you're at an arena, stadium. You're just at a movie or something like that. And it makes for better conversation.
1: Absolutely. I think he's he's on to that, right? Like it's I, I think the best conversations and the best interviews are non-scripted because it's just an organic conversation between two people. And I mean, it's nothing wrong with having notes that you want to do, right? And or something that you you've seen in someone's profile that you were like, Oh, I want to ask them that or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's about having the conversation with the person because what you may want to talk to me about or what we may uh, have thought we were going to talk about, we may never get to because there could be something that we're talking about now that's much more interactive or much more interesting or something that the conversation just goes in a different direction. Right. So, but that's an organic conversation. So I, I 100% agree with that.
0: And one thing, and I told Neil this too, I'm very lucky with what I'm doing. And uh, I was always brought up to be humble. So all I'm going to do is just keep improving, keep learning and just keep being myself and not. And if I am lucky enough to make it into radio, uh, I'm not
1: going to let that change who I am. And that's good. Right. Like, I think uh, people enjoy authenticity, but they also enjoy when someone um, they know they're good, but they don't have like they don't have the ego. Oh, I'm amazing. And I'm the best person. And you want to talk to me because it's only me. Right. Like, I think it's about being um, humble, but also recognizing that there's still so many things to learn even when you think you know you don't know well, and i've learned that over the 27 years that i've been in in media i can tell you when i think i know something i get it i get slapped around a bit and find out no i didn't know what i thought i knew so yeah it's very true
0: and now, uh, and this is what I told Jeff and Neil to pay it forward. We had some new volunteers the other day at Rogers, and I actually ended up showing them what to do. And I was like, it was kind of a great feeling because the guys did it for me when I started. And I said, if I'm ever good enough to 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 keep doing the camera work with Rogers, I'm going to pay it forward. And that's mm-hmm. the same with podcast. I've got some volunteers that want to learn how to do podcasting, and they want to ask me, and I'm like, really me? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a nice feeling. So. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna try to help people as much as they've helped
1: me. That's awesome. That's the best way to be, right? When you can pay it forward and you can help others learn what you already know, which is great, right? So definitely that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay.
0: Are you okay for some questions? And are you okay Absolutely. for a little more time? Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> and that's another thing I like about StreamYard too, because sometimes I can forget what I want to ask and I can yeah. put it on my little graphic here as well. So and I got your uh, Twitter thing promoted down here I as well. I that.
1: That's fantastic. I hope I get some new followers because I'm not as active on Twitter as I should be. But yep. I, you know,
0: it's I, a lot of work. It's a lot of work building up your
1: audience. It's a lot of work.
0: <laughs> it's a lot of work. And and Eric Smith told me this too. Even Jerry Howarth, uh, who did the Jays games, he even uh-huh. told me, he goes, "Don't worry about your audience right now. What you're doing is more valuable." And he goes, "Just keep improving. Keep doing your shows, and eventually it will." The audience thing will work.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's one hundred percent true. Definitely, I agree. With first, that. first no, question.
0: First question I want to ask you: Can you just tell my audience just quickly a little bit about yourself? And when did you decide you wanted to pursue a career in broadcasting, TV, and media?
1: All right. So, um, I'll, my background is that I have actually been in media for twenty-seven years. So, I went to Conestoga College. Uh, my brother also went through for broadcasting. But what's interesting is that my career path at that time when I was in school was that I wanted to actually be a a fashion designer. So everybody in my family always thought that was the path I was going to go. And my brother, Steve, who is the play by play for the Guelph storm, which was one of your guests. uh, He was at Conestoga college for broadcasting and he needed somebody to come and help. And I said, well, I'm not doing anything. I'll come with you. And I have always been fascinated with, um, like pop culture and uh media to some degree but i always want like i love tv like i can name probably every 80s tv show and all of the theme music and all of that stuff i've always been that and you can look behind me and see that there's pop culture around i've always been fascinated that way uh in terms of it though it wasn't until i walked into conestoga college on a weekend with my brother and i'm sure he was not overly thrilled to have his kid sister come with him but he needed this set of hands to help you know, do things. And I walked in and all of a sudden I thought, these are my people. This is what I want to do. And it clicked. And so then I came home and said to my mom, I think I want to go into broadcasting, but I think at that time, everybody thought, Oh, she's just following her brother. Like that's what she wants to do. And because he's the older brother and, and that's the direction. And to be honest, um, it never was, that. (laughs) I, I, I appreciated what he was doing, but that wasn't my interest because he wanted to be in front of the camera. My desire wasn't so much to be in front of the camera. I just wanted to know how to make things. I wanted to know how to make TV. And And at that time, I didn't know if it was TV or radio, but I was like, I want to know how to do this. And so I kind of like switched gears and broadcasting was the direction I went. Um, and I've been in and out of the industry a little bit. Like there were times that I was laid off from things and I had to pursue other things. But I always had my my foot in the door doing stuff, right? Like I was always either volunteering, and at that time, it was Cable, what well was Cable 3 in Fergus. Now it's Kojiko Cable 14. Um, and I did stuff there trying to hone those skills and do things and, and learn how to shoot and edit and all of that kind of stuff. But my path has always been very much media focused. And I mean, I've worked in news that I was a a lineup producer, an assignment editor, a a news writer. Um, I did web writing. I did a whole pile of things. And every time an opportunity would come, I would do it. I was an associate producer on uh, Final Round, which was a show on CTV, but it was CKCO at the time. Um, And then I kind of took that over. And uh, I did research for province wide that I did a lot of booking interviews and stuff that I was an associate producer on that. But really early on, I worked at 570 News when it was 570 News. And it was news talk 570, actually, if you want to go back that far. And I, I, I have always kind of bounced around doing a a pile of things and, and none of my career path has been a straight, like it's not straight, it's curved around and I've done different things and, and whatever. But honestly, like, um, when I went to Rogers eight years ago to produce daytime, uh, that was, I think everything that I had done in my career kind of was okay, this is where you're supposed to be. Because the second I, I, uh, was hired for that job. I was like, everything that I've done to this point actually makes sense to this role. Even though my career path made no sense, like, cause I was like a traffic coordinator and then I was, you know, a commercial writer and I wasn't a great commercial writer. I was terrible at it, even though I loved writing. And, um, so the big thing for me really was just, I want to make television, but i I want to learn how to do that. And newscasts are great, but that's not making TV. That is a live broadcast where everything can go wrong, like what we were talking about off the top. Um, I wanted to do what daytime was, even though that was a live component at one point before it, it isn't anything now. But um, then I started to learn how to make television and shoot television and think about how I wanted shows to go and, and whatever. So that's sort of where I developed. But I met my husband at CTV News. Um, he's a cameraman there still. And then we have two kids that we have a 13 year old daughter and a 16 year old son. So uh, and I think they're leaning towards media and I keep steering them in a different direction because I know how hard this can be as a career. But at the same time, um, I love what I do and I love the environment that is at Rogers and the fact that we do get to meet so many interesting people and that we get to try things, right? Like, um, shows that may not be successful. Sometimes are the best shows that I've worked on and, and that you had fun and you learn something. And I learned something new in my job all the time. Like today I was shooting, um, a, a series that we're just starting. And honestly, there are things that I was like, okay, I would shoot that differently if I did that. But when I edit it, you'll never know that I didn't like how it I shot something because that's the great thing about the puzzle pieces of creating television is that you can do all of that. So, but I, I mean, I think I was pursuing TV before I was ever pursuing TV. I think it was that pop culture thing. Cause I loved watching television and wanting to know how they did stuff. And then all of a sudden it just kind of came together when, um, you know, Steve and I went to Conestoga college and, and I got to see how they made their project. So I think after a very long winded answer, that is how I pursued TV
0: no worries uh no worries i was gonna say and i'm hoping eventually maybe this summer i can learn a little more about graphics and the audio side of it too mm-hmm. just because the more i can learn absolutely. even if i'm not even if i'm not the greatest at it the more i can learn the
1: more skills that will add will mm-hmm. help me in the long run absolutely and and you know like the the thing about audio is that it's such a key in, component to a show for sure but it's one of those where you know, like really it takes a special person to be able to learn audio, but also it takes a special person to teach it because there's so many components to it. Um, I am, Okay, at audio, but I know there's lots of people who are fantastic at it, and I have volunteers that are fantastic at being able to do the audio part of it. But the great thing too is that we have uh, people within the producing roles at Rogers that are amazing at that. So it's and I think I believe Neil is somebody who is really good at it. So that's somebody that to think about. But the graphics end of it, um, there's so many programs now that make graphics really easy. Like Canva is a great example of one. I use it a lot. And I'm able to create show graphics that way, but then there's Photoshop and there's a whole pile of things, but that's the one great thing is that, you know, what you want to do. So by knowing that, then you're able to talk to Patty or talk to Neil or talk to me or talk to whoever, and then we can zero in and kind of help you find where you want to go and who can help you with that. Because Mm -hmm. that's the great thing about our our producer team is that there's just, everybody has different skills and Mm -hmm. different things that we're good at. So
0: definitely and uh, i'm hoping to get to learn some more uh this summer as well. Mm-hmm. Now one one thing I wanted to ask you do you have any mentors when you were starting out?
1: So, you know, i i had this question um in in my class. One of my students asked me and I, and i said that the interesting thing about mentorship is that sometimes you can have somebody mentor you from a distance and they don't even know they're your mentor. And so that was kind of what happened for me. Um is that I looked to people that not necessarily were in the industry, so or the or the direction I was going to go. So when I was at Conestoga College, um, Dan Fisher was a, a legendary radio broadcaster here in Waterloo region. He has since passed away. Um, he was on. CFCA, And uh, I I knew him because my grandparents listened to that station. It wasn't something that I was listening to, but they were. And I spent a lot of time with my grandparents um, when I was younger. And so when I met Dan Fisher, I knew I didn't really necessarily want to be in radio, but because he was such a kind, wonderful person. I looked at him as a mentor, but not for the career path I wanted. I looked at him as a mentor for the person I wanted to be because he was such a kind person and he was always giving and helpful and um, always kind of like had a good thing to say about everybody. And sometimes I think that's a challenge, right? Because we meet people that really push every level of who we are to to try to like you're trying to be a good person. Dan was that person who um, was always such a wonderful wonderful, just a wonderful, kind hearted soul. And I I looked at what his career was like. And I and I tried to pattern myself in the way that, you know, you take opportunity, and you Mm -hmm. use that opportunity to the best of your ability, and to try to make it something, even if it isn't where you think you're going to be now, it might be something later on, right? Because you just don't know where your path is going to land. So for him, it was about when I looked at him, it was about the humanity he had for people and the way he he was in the community and how he was around people in the community in, in a variety of different ways. And he volunteered his time with different organizations and just such a lovely, lovely person. So he was a mentor from the media end in the sense of that I wanted to look at someone like him and become that way. But in terms of Like I've had mentors in different ways. So like when I worked at CFPL and I was a commercial writer and I was struggling, um, Kelly Martin was somebody that I worked with and she's went on to be a teacher and she teaches, uh, high school. Um, she was a fantastic person just to sort of pick her brain about different things and try to, um, understand how to do stuff. And, and, and I just needed somebody that was like a big sister. Cause she was a few years older than me and, or, well, still is. Cause she's still alive. Um, it, it, she was, she was someone that I could talk to and sort of, uh, like, ask her, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? And she was fantastic that way. And then when I worked in news, um, Brent Hansen, he brought me in and, you know, he was a mentor to me in a way that I needed. Um, Him and I had a very fun relationship. Like I could say just about anything to him that other people in the newsroom probably couldn't. And he gave me opportunities in ways that I I wouldn't have had because he could see something in me and he let me produce his show. He let me try different things that I wanted to try in media, like in the television end of it without being on camera necessarily, but he gave me lots of opportunity. And I, I, I appreciated everything that he gave me because he saw something, right? Like he just, he could see something that I wanted to do. And if I talked to him and I said to him, this is what I was interested in. It never went on deaf ears. He would find a way to make it happen, or he would find a way to let me learn something. And I, and I love that because like, I, I think about when I, I was first learning the news game, so to speak, he was, he was the, um, assistant news director and, and also the six o'clock anchor. And I was intimidated by him at first. And then all of a sudden I just started to see the humanity of him and and that he wasn't so serious. And then once I, I kind of figured that out, then I was, it was okay to not be perfect because I always felt like you had to do everything perfect. And, and I mean, in some ways perfection is what people are expecting, but he um, he certainly let me make mistakes in, in ways that I'm not sure that if I had a different person who was my supervisor, I may not have had that. And um, he was fantastic that way. And I've worked with a lot of really great people over the years that have been um, n- mentors in different ways, not necessarily career, but certainly just people that you want to uh, take a look at what they're like as a person and, and sort of try to emulate that and then that sometimes helps you in your career path so i mean like it's it's been great um being being able to look back at stuff. so that's one of the things that i I can honestly say that when I think about um, the mentorship of people, it's sometimes not so much career as it is about the person that you're working with and trying to be like them like Kyle Christie's another great example of someone that I worked with and and still do work with at the college who is a kind person and um, really likes to to see the best in everybody and um, you know he's had a really great career as well. so it's one of those where um, I, I tend to look towards people that I like as humans, and and sort of want to be like them, or I want to work with them. And you kind of try to work with the people that um, are like minded, right? And you want to be around people that bring positivity and and help you with stuff. And and I certainly have had that in my career, and I've had the pitfalls of people that you know were not great to work with, but I've, I've certainly been blessed with the, the opportunities I've been given. And, you know, like Brent, um, kind of discovered me when I was working in radio and kept asking, Hey, you want to come and be at CTV when it was CKCO at that time. And I was like, no, no, I'm not ready. And I don't know that I want to. And then all of a sudden, and I was scared. That's really what it came down to. And he was the one that kind of said, no, no, I can, I can get you where you want to go. And so that, that's the big one for me.
0: And and that leads to my next question. You already answered this one about your first job. How important is volunteering or internships in your career?
1: It's big. You know, like the funny thing about it is, is that you think it's not. I think when you're younger, you think I'll volunteer and it's not going to really do anything or it'll, it'll look good on a resume. That's what I think a lot of people think. Is it, it'll look good on a resume? And I can tell you, yes, it does look good on a resume. However, you get so much out of it if you put into it, right? So, like it's like anything, right? Like you, if you don't put time and effort into something, um, then you only get what you you put into it. And for me, I love volunteering and I love uh, meeting different people in the community and and being in a volunteer situation, um, like with Waterloo Regional Crime Stoppers, I, that came out of, uh, Daryl Paquette, who is the police coordinator for it, that he was doing stuff on Rogers TV. Um, and him and I hit it off. And then he asked me if I could join his board. And from there, a TV series grew a training video that we did for Ontario police college, which wasn't where it was supposed to go, but that's where it landed. Um, and you know, we, we like campaigns that we've worked on and it's opened up that I've got to do things with WRPS that I wouldn't have got to do if I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had that relationship with him and with that organization. But then it's also led me to the police chorus and getting to know the people behind the scenes there and the relationship I have with them. And, and then it's also opened the doors to Knights of Columbus because they're, a, a contact within that as well. And then working with Martin Hickey on projects to do with the Waterloo Waterloo Knights of Columbus and all of those things. But it's it's the stories you get to find out about people and just the the skill sets that you bring to that organization that they don't have sometimes or Or the fact that they just need somebody else to say to them, you're on the right path. And I get so much out of the idea of volunteering. And then internships are always great if you can get them, because those are unique opportunities to really walk into a situation and become a sponge and to see things. So the first internship I had was at the new red green show which was big in the nineties with Steve Smith and Rick green. And uh, it was shot out of Hamilton at the time when I started my career. And so I called them and that's back before the internet was anything. There wasn't the internet. So I called them and I said, I would like to do a television internship with you. And they didn't really know what that concept was because again, they didn't have that because they were a small production company. And so they, Agreed to have me come and I got to be on the set and I got to be in the office and then I got to I got to meet different producers at uh, CH at the time and they had a Mother's Day telethon. And from that internship, I ended up working on the Mother's Day telethon for two years as an associate producer and uh, and. I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't done that internship, because sometimes internships, even though it wasn't a paid one, it was out of my pocket. I I stayed in Hamilton at a hotel, which when I say it was my pocket, it was actually my parents that they paid for it for me to be able to do it. But it was an opportunity to be able to do something that I wanted to do to see if, in fact, I really this is the path I wanted to go down. Right. And um, it, it led me to a lot of the things I've done in my career now. And the other thing that was great about it is I still am in contact with a lot of the people that I worked with on that production that they're friends with me on Facebook. And, you know, from time to time, we, we talk back and forth about different things and you, they, I can see where their careers have went and they can see where mine have went. So internships really like if you can get um, in anywhere that it's somewhere where it can develop you, if you can go in and be like a sponge and anything that they ask you to do, do it. And there's no real like when people say, oh, well, I only got to make coffee or whatever. That's only the opportunity you the opportunity that was not really presented to you, because that's not true. I think if you are worth your weight, someone will see that. And that making coffee, that's just if you're someone that didn't have any like didn't ask questions, didn't get involved, didn't do all of that stuff. Um, Because, I mean, I had to get pick up lunch orders, but that's not the only thing I did. I did so many other things that they let me be on set and they let me duct tape things and they let me be a part of the creative process in ways that, if I had just been a wallflower and I hadn't asked questions, maybe I would have only picked up lunch orders and got to stand back and go, Oh, that's interesting. But it's about that. And and I think people value when someone asks a question, that's when, especially with my volunteers and my interns and all of them, if they ask the, ask me the questions that will help them with their skills, I'm going to give them the keys to the Cadillac and let them try. Like I, like I've had um, interns and co-ops and, and volunteers that, they get to do the whole show. They call the shots and I stand back and I watch and I let them develop their skills because that's, that's what it's all about, right? Like it's paying it forward. I've been given a great opportunity in my career. And when I look at what other people that are trying to, to develop those skills, if they come to me and they tell me that they are interested in doing this, and then they ask for my help or, or at least, you know, my advice, if I see that they can do it, I let them do it. I don't, I don't need to direct a show. Why do I need to direct the show? If you want to try it, I'm going to give you every opportunity to try it. And, and that's why I think, um, you know, internships and volunteering and all of that is so important because of the fact that um, it gives you the chance to develop skills before you get paid to do those skills necessarily. And I mean, we pay you in other ways with you know pizzas and and swag and friendships and all of that stuff. You get so much out of it if you put into it, right? So that's like and and what you were talking about earlier and what you love about Rogers and that's really like what I love about the fact that when you do volunteering, you get so much out of it that you just. Like you can't put a price on it. Like there's no value to it, the price value, because it's so amazing what you get um, if you put in the effort. Right. Like it's really about what you put into it. If, if you're you know, you expect that's a difference it's not about expecting, it's about having fun and enjoying the, the friendships and stuff and, and the people that you work with and learning the skills, because like, it's, I, I look at Rogers and when I came in, I had been in the industry a long time. And then eight years ago, I landed at Rogers and I didn't know some of the things I was supposed to know in my job. And yet they just kind of said, okay, well, let's develop that. And now I do all of the things I didn't know how to do because I didn't know how to direct a show. I knew how to sit in the back and tell a director, "Okay, we're going to drop that item and we're going to do this," but I didn't know how to do that. I just could see somebody else who knew how to do it. So it's those kind of things, right? But it's so valuable and and I think if you put the time in, you, you get you get where you want to go. Like it just happens. I really believe. So
0: um i'm hoping to try to get into a radio station uh this summer to volunteer i've already been rejected a few times and and that's something i've learned too uh you're gonna face rejections in this industry at some point don't take it personally just keep using it as motivation to keep improving learning and then eventually you'll get an opportunity so don't take the rejection part too personally
1: Exactly, because you know what? Some of the biggest rejections I've had in my life. Actually, it turned out that that was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because I landed somewhere else, and it was a path that was a better path for me than, um, like, there's jobs that I made the short list for. And I would have been perfect for it had they hired me and they went with somebody else. And, you know, I don't know what their career turned out to be like, because I I sometimes you know who gets a job. Sometimes you don't. And um, the big thing with the rejection to that, it just made me want it more. And it just made me go in a different direction or find something else that I was more interested in or whatever. And really, like the big thing for me was that I look at it later and I realize that if I had taken that opportunity, if, if it I had been lucky to have that opportunity, it wouldn't have led me to where I am now. And I'm further ahead now in where I am, because you look at the path that would have been the straightest path. And sometimes yeah. the straightest path isn't the greatest path to take. It's just the easiest path. And I think that rejection just makes you stronger in and it makes you decide whether is this really what I want? If someone tells you right out of the gate, OK, I don't think you're very good at this how much do you take stock in what somebody that you don't really know telling you that, right? Like I've had lots of people over the years, tell me, well, you're never going to amount to this. I had a guy that was a producer, um, or sorry, he was a director, but he was a producer director. Tell me I would never be a good producer. I've proved him wrong. And I've proved him wrong multiple times. And with the amount of things that I've accomplishments that I've had since then, every single time I win something or I have another show that's produced, and, and I produce things all the time. I'm always like in your face, man. So like it's that's what's the it's whatever drives you. Right. Like when you look at stuff and you think about, well, this person said this to me, it's what do you do with it? Do you believe in what somebody that you probably don't have a whole lot of vested interest in tells you or do you say, no, I don't care what you think? I'm going to go do this and I'm going to prove you wrong. Or you just forget about it and move on. And and their opinion doesn't matter. And it's whatever you do with it. Because I I mean, I, with my students at the college, I try to be their coach. I never want to make them feel like what they're pursuing is wrong. Even if I don't think in my heart of hearts that they're going to end up necessarily being the on-air person that they think they're going to be or whatever the case may be, I would never tell them that because that's not for me to decide that's for them to decide where they want to go, right? Like it's because I, what I see in somebody might be different than what somebody else sees. And broadcasting is a very subjective industry. And what I think is great television, you may not think is great television, right? So you let the populace decide it. And, and I, when I'm marking students, I don't mark them against each other either. I mark them from the pattern that I see them doing, and I'm always coaching them to the next level. So if they start off here, by the time they're done with me, they're here because I want them to succeed because that's what I want to see. I I never want someone to fail at anything because I don't want to fail at it. So I don't want them to fail. And it's about coaching and mentoring and helping and and teaching people the skills that I have, because really like television, as much as it can be very challenging in a lot of ways, it's a very basic skill set that you use to be able to do stuff. And your show, and it's about storytelling and it's about, Um, being creative. And sometimes it's as a group, sometimes it's more singular, but it's about putting something out into the world and rejection. There's, there's, I just don't have time for that with people being, and I don't have time for people being mean to other people. Um, I think it's important to, to always have that positivity. And so when you get rejected, just, just decide how you want to treat that. Is that where I want to be? Well, I don't really care what that person says. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do what I want to do because I can. And you just keep pushing until you get where you want to go.
0: I'm, uh, I'm using it as motivation. And then, uh, I've been lucky enough to get Dan Shalman on, Eric Smith, Jerry Howarth, Chuck Sworsky on, and these people are like, "How are you doing this?" And I'm like, "Well, thanks to you, I'm using his motivation, and well, and that's you. what that no, it's driving me." And um, one thing is, I don't do any sour grapes notes or anything like that. I just basically move on from it. Mm-hmm. I keep it. I, I keep it as part of my motivation to keep improving and working harder and and that's the way i look at it and that's going to happen and uh, don't take it personally either just move on and uh, i'm hoping this summer uh if not in guelph maybe in kitchener or somewhere else i can um get into a radio station once a week at least and 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 learn a little bit more about the radio industry and i'll just get a hopefully Mm -hmm. like i said keep doing this podcast doing a good job at it and
1: somebody will give me that opportunity And, you know, I think it's really about the fact that you're putting it out there because like as much as it sounds hokey, you know, when people say, oh, just put it out there to the world. But you know what? In order to see it, you have to believe it, but you also have to speak it. And so I think like my career has been so much about if I wanted something and I wanted it bad enough, everybody knew I wanted it it wasn't a matter of me pretending it was like hiding to get away and saying, Oh, I don't want anybody to know this. Cause I'll jinx it. I don't think it's about jinxing it. I think it's about the fact that you live the mantra of it too. And when you start telling people that this is what I want, then it starts to become in the world and it becomes a thing. Um, the job at, at Rogers TV, I wanted to produce community television, but I wanted to produce daytime television. That was a talk show. And I threw that out there Um, and it happened and I didn't throw it out just once. I threw it out multiple times because I was finished with news. Um, and news is a hard industry, right? Like that's an industry all onto itself and news is very hard. And I had hit a point where I, I couldn't do it anymore that I, I didn't love the environment I was in and I had to leave. And I knew that. And it was one of those where I held on longer than I should have. And I got to a breaking point where it was like, I need to be somewhere else. And so I met with, um, like, I, I talked to a therapist because I was struggling with a lot of stuff. And I talked to a therapist and we talked about the fact that you need to put things out into the world that you want and positive things, right? So that was the positive energy when it came to career, when it came to life, it came to whatever. And it was about the positive thinking. And once you start to put that out there and you say, well, this is what I want and this is what I know I can do. Suddenly things open up, people you meet open up, things change and you can feel a shift. Like there's a positive shift that happens because I put that out there that I wanted to produce a daily talk show. And I literally, and I didn't wasn't even thinking daytime so much. I just was throwing it out there and I'd love for it to be local. And that was kind of what I was saying. And I wasn't so much thinking Rogers TV, even though I knew Rogers TV was there because obviously um, it's been around forever and, and that's where everybody goes to learn things and stuff. So it wasn't so much Rogers TV, but I was putting it out there. I want a local talk show. And I had said that three months earlier, and then I had a phone call that they asked me to apply. And I was like, who knew that I wanted to do that? (laughs) But it was because I kept telling people, you know what would be really great if I got out of news and I produced a daily talk show. I would love that. And and I kept saying it enough that people either just said, just give her the talk show so we don't have to hear about it or whatever. But it's the connection of putting it out there and that positive thing of I know I could do this, I know I would be good at this because I think this is what my skill set is. Because when I was working in news, if you look at the different difference between news at noon and six o'clock news. News at noon has, yes, those news components, but it has a lot more lifestyle, or at least it did at the time when I worked at CKCO or CTV. Um, And that was what I liked. I liked all of that lifestyle component where they had the kitchen segments and all of that. I didn't like hard news because no one wants to talk about, you know, children dying and, and all of the bad things that happened in the world. That doesn't feed me as a person. Um, and, and I know it's relevant and it's important, but that wasn't the path that I thought I, like I, I loved it at the time when I I broke a story or I was part of the team that was breaking a story or whatever. You love that adrenaline rush. And even in a live newscast, you love the adrenaline that comes with it, but when you start to have a hard time being able to deal with the things that are happening in the world that are the hard news and you're looking towards the lifestyle end of something where it's like how do i make bacon where it's really crispy and that's what's feeding you you know it's time to jump out and that and that's you know like in when foodland ontario who i love as a guest was the guest i was looking forward to in the newscast we were doing i knew it was time and that's you know like that's the big thing but honestly, it's about putting things out there and taking what you can get and, and, um, really the energy that you can put out there. Cause it's about positivity, I think. And, and that helps and, and networking, right? Like all Absol-
0: of it. Absolutely. And, uh, I try to have a po- I I've, I've never had one shift at Rogers where I've had a negative shift where I was upset with somebody or I was in a bad frame of mind. And it's, it's just like really refreshing, and and a lot of people do know at Rogers and uh, with the NBL what my goals are and to get in the radio. And I got to look at it this way too, Carly. I'm way ahead of where I was two years ago,
1: and that's exactly it, right? Like, so that's the great thing about it is that you're already that much further ahead. And when you think about all the guests that you've interviewed on your podcast, and it's a list, right? Like, and it's a who's who. Like, I see the like I see your stuff, and. um you approach people that I would be afraid to approach because I'd be like, oh, they'll say no to me. And and yet, I mean, (laughs) I feel like I could do it, but I just don't. And I think it's great that you do that because it puts it out there, but also it gives them a platform to come on and help you foster those skills. And that's so important because it's about working together. Like I love when media work together, not against each other. Like as much as I'm married to somebody who is the competition, I love the fact that Like it's the camaraderie of the media, right? Like him and I always laugh about it because he's Bell Media and I'm Rogers. We don't talk about, you know, stuff that you can't talk about at home because it's a company thing. But we do talk about the fact that it, it's great when you're at a scene and you like, and and this has happened with him and I, where all of a sudden I roll into something and he's there. And then the two of us are side by side. <laughs> and most people don't realize we're married to each other because we don't have the same last name. Um, and, and it's kind of humorous to us that when someone clues into it, that we're, and then they realize, Oh, but they're competitors. Mm-hmm. But the, the good thing is, is that, you know, like community television isn't really competing against news so much, but yeah. sometimes we are. Like when it comes to election night, it's on. <laughs> and if I can be in the field and I beat him to something or I get something, it's it's a great feeling. I'm not gonna lie because <laughs> it's that competitive nature. But you know,
0: are you uh, still okay for a few more yeah, minutes?
1: Absolutely. Two more
0: questions? Okay. Absolutely. Um, this one I wanted to ask you: What's a normal day like as a, a producer like?
1: Oh. And.
0: And uh, what are some of the differences from producing a radio show to a TV show?
1: So, okay, so I'll do the radio television comparison right now. So, for the TV side, um, I produce the technical side of it, right? So, everything that you see on his show in terms of like guests and stuff, I have nothing to do with. Um, I may suggest a guest, but I don't really have that, that Mike, Mike Farwell and his producer team do that. I do all of the television components. So they feed me the information of who the guest is, uh, the graphics that, like the subject graphics, and then I can kind of take what they say and tweak it or keep it the same or whatever. Um, We take their audio feed. And then basically when they go to commercial break, we, because of the fact that master control is working from home, we just go to the slate of the 570 or well, I guess the city news 570 logo that comes up. And then you'll hear music underneath it until we rejoin again. So from that standpoint, it's different because I play the game of follow the leader. So they're the leader and I just follow what they're doing. Um, I have interns for that now because we've been able to allow people to come back in and Mm -hmm. uh, work there. And so we participate as much as we possibly can in the conversation. Sometimes it's that we're the ones sending an email to them because we disagree with them or whatever, or if they throw out a question and, and we can see that the, the phone lines aren't as active, we sometimes will send a question because we don't usually call, but, um, but they always acknowledge that it's Rogers TV that's involved in it. Like it'll be producer Carla said, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, uh, one of the interns, whoever it is, um, has a comment or whatever. So from that standpoint, it's, it's playing the game of follow the leader a little bit more than, um, me being the producer in that. Cause I would be looking for the guests and stuff I don't with that um, other than their pictures. And sometimes, you know, like it's hard to find pictures because there's not everybody's on social media. So that can be a challenge. And sometimes it's logos they have to use and things like that. So it's a different mindset with that than when I'm producing an actual show where I have creative control. So in that one, I don't, um, which isn't a terrible thing because having creative control sometimes is, is dangerous (laughs) when you're someone like me who likes to add elements into everything. So that shows pretty cookie cutter in the way it works. But the great thing about that for us is it's a great training ground for people that don't necessarily know how television goes together. So it's a great relationship between us from the radio and television side that our two stations merged together and we're able to work. And I went to college with Mike Farwell as well. He was in the same grade. It was same year as I was. So I've known Mike for 27 years. And it's interesting because I always did technical stuff with him in college and nothing has changed. 27 years later, I'm producing the TV side of his show. And so it's great for us to have that synergy with the, um, the radio partners with us. And it, and we kind of have got to, to work together because of that show, even though they're at um, Iron Needles and we're at Grand Crest, we're still on the line with each other in different ways and whatever. So that producing is very different from what I do in my role with the at Rogers, where it shows that I am directly the producer. Um, it's a weird day in the life, like because I can go from so I do the 570 broadcast Wednesday through Friday, and then Monday and Tuesday, I teach at the college, and then I produce other shows throughout the day. So for me, the producer day could be that I'm working on, uh, in studio and I'm booking guests specifically for that show. And then, um, I can go from doing that to filming, um, and taping a segment for trending. So trending went online instead of how it was because of the pandemic. So we started to have to be more interactive with that show. So it was a show and tell show, but then you had to figure out how do you use two boxes and do a show and tell. So we had to get creative with that. Um, and it was booking guests, but Aaliyah very much was the person who was booking a lot of the guests towards, um, especially during the pandemic, because of the fact that, uh, she was a name in her own right, that, you know, people were starting to know who she was and, uh, was able to do all of that stuff. So Aaliyah is fabulous to work with and I could kind of go, okay, here you go. And I would do all the creative stuff. Like once she got the interview, I would create the graphics for it. I would create the intro uh, into the segment or um, any of that stuff. And her and I would collaborate on a lot of the different direction we wanted to go and who we wanted to talk to and things. And, and, and that's sort of the way that that show works in studio is very much talking heads. Um, so I would book guests that I knew could talk for seven minutes or, or whatever. And as we go forward, we have a new host. On it, um, Danielle Jaworski, her and I are now looking at retooling it a little bit just to make it a different show because it's a different host but still have that same content. So, I like to work with my uh community producers and have them and the host have them have a major say in how they want to see the show go. Not all producers are like that, and, and not specific to Rogers TV, but just in general. I like to work to know what everybody's interested in because we all come with different backgrounds. So for me, I'm interested in pop culture, but they may not have any interest in that they might want to talk about science or whatever. So if it's something that feeds them, I get them to kind of come up with what they want. So in the day in the life of me and the normal day of producing, I am probably doing three to four shows a day in some way, shape, or form, whether it's creating graphics, or uh, intros and extras or elements that go into that specific show or booking guests. Um, sometimes it's talking to the host and going through things like today. Uh, as an example, I did 570 this morning and I was done at noon. Then I went and I had a phone meeting as I was driving to my shoot that was at one o'clock. Um, and I was having a conference call with Danielle, who is the host of In Studio, talking about, you know, like, let's think about this. Why don't we change this up? Why why don't we try that? Let's. So we had that conversation. Then I went into the shoot that I'm with, cause I'm developing a show with Diane Freeman. Um, that's about keto and the keto lifestyle. So I was shooting with her. And then after I was finished that I came back and then I went through all the emails that have come in as the day went on about people responding back to different shows and stuff. And then with, um, money matters with Mike Braga, that show, I don't actually book the guests. I, I do all of the technical creative stuff behind it, but they, um, book the guests and then I kind of just get the, the, what the questions that are, that they're going to ask. And I look through it and then I come up with elements that I think would be interesting to put in the show or be real or whatever the case may be. So depending on who the producer or sorry, the, who the host is and who's the concept came with, I let them do what they want to do. And then I sort of work with them. And then I've had like on the canvas and mindful makers, their shows were stuff that they created on their own. And then I just said, you know what, that'd be really great for Rogers TV. Can I cut it down and put it on the channel? And then they have creative input about it. Like that. I'll, I'll show them what the final product looks like. And if they don't like something, I can change it or tweak it or whatever, but really it's taking a look at other people's shows sometimes and going, that would be great to see on the channel because I didn't think of that. And, or I don't have time to be able to do that. Like Mindful Makers with Agnes New, New Honestly, the girl is a genius with the, the kids show that she has done. And I saw it because my kids took her summer camp and it was when everything was online. They created all these videos because of the pandemic. And I went, that's a TV show. <laughs> and then I, and she's, she lives near me. So I was able to kind of cross paths when we were walking our dogs and be like, Agnes, I think you have a TV show and I'm willing to cut it down and turn it into something to air on the channel. And the concept that she had and all of the elements were there. And I just basically said, okay, so it's an hour. Let's cut it down to 30 minutes or 20. I think it's 2830 or something. Anyway, cut it down to that and put it into the show, but it's taking other people's concepts and helping them become what it is that they want it to be. Some people, have an idea but they don't know how to do it and how to put it together and then my role as a producer is to take that idea and turn it into what they want or something that might be even bigger than what they expected and help them storytell and sometimes like with Aaliyah I had the concept for trending and I needed a host and I she was working on in studio as a floor director and I saw the way she interacted with people and how they really loved talking to her and how she was just having a conversation about different things and they were all All laughing and enjoying their time with her. And I was watching it and I thought, you know what, she'd be a really good host because she just has that dynamic chemistry with people. And then I said to her one day um, when she was walking past me, I'm like, hey, I have an idea i have a show that i want you to host and it was just sort of like i think she was shocked by it but it was one of those where it was just an organic thing that came to mind and i fell in love with that show because it gave me a different skill set than what i was doing because i was just basically a studio producer and i wasn't out in the field the way i wanted to be i had the community come to me as opposed to me going to the community and that show became that and and so we would you know like before the pandemic we were out shooting three times a week or twice a week and we would just stack the day to shoot. And then I have days where I sit and edit. Like um Mondays now we're editing when I'm teaching. So I teach in the afternoon. So I edit in the morning. And then after I'm done teaching, I come back and I start editing and finishing what I'm doing. And that's kind of the the role of it. But um there's no real honest every day is the same day kind of thing. Cause that that's not true at all with, with how our, our jobs work. And I think Neil probably could say the same thing to that, that, and Patty probably said the same thing that it's one of those where there's really no real same day every day. Cause even with five seventy doing that broadcast, there are things that get thrown at you. That's a curveball because they had a guest cancel and then they have to change gears and they don't always remember to tell us. So yeah. we have these moments of, okay, where are they going? <laughs> and then, you know, so it's that kind of stuff. But um, it makes for great television and it makes for fun and it makes for the unknown, which is great. So I love that about it.
0: I've actually had a few guests um, cancel out me at the last minute or they had cold feet in the didn't want to tell me that they changed their mind, which is their uh, decision. So I still went on with my podcast and I've learned how to ad lib and go with the punches and uh, Eric Smith. I, I keep bringing him up because uh, he told me sometimes in radio television, things happen with guests at the last minute and you have to be able to uh, go on with the show. And there's been some times where I have been able to been lucky enough to get another guest to come in and fill in. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sort of learning a little bit about this, even with this podcast. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? The great thing too, with that is that it's a skill that will never serve you wrong, right? Like knowing how to pivot. And and I hate the word pivot because we've heard that so much with the pandemic, but, um, knowing how to basically grab another guest if you need to, and having those on the back burner or being able to fill time on your own, um, and being able to connect with an audience or storytell or do whatever it is. It's, it's such an important aspect of, of being a communicator so it's good like as bad as it is that you have to fill time sometimes on your own it's a great thing because it serves you later on in in other things and knowing how to have a conversation without having another person is also a great thing and in radio that's really what it is right so that's awesome
0: Yeah, because I had the voice of the Patriots come on, and uh, he he kept apologizing to me, and he came on 26 minutes late, and I said, don't worry about it, Bob. He had technical difficulties, so I kept talking, going, going, and then he finally came on, and he was like, I'm so sorry, and I'm like, Bob, it's okay. Things do happen, so I I just kept it going until he could get on, and that's what I'm kind of learning as well.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's about the tap dance. I always say that it's the art of the tap dance. We like when we did daytime and Susan Cookshire was the host, we and it was live, we had guests that sometimes forgot what time they were supposed to be there or something happened and they can't get a hold of you necessarily in the show. Um, I tried to always have my computer with me, but you know, you don't always look at it in the, when you're producing or directing, you're not always connected to a device or whatever. And we had tap dancing that we were always like, Susan was the greatest tap dancer when it came to filling time. Cause she was am- She was great at connecting with the audience, but also because we were a live show and there were other guests there, we were able to kind of to just, you know, stretch if we needed to. And there were certain guests that you knew if they were on that day and there was something that went awry, you knew you could, you could stretch those guests or you could have them come in and pitch it in the last minute. And that's the key to being a good producer is knowing that you have your A plan. And then you have a B and a C plan, but have a D plan too. Cause you're going to need it. There's going to be a day where that D yep. plan comes out and you're going to yep. use it, but it's to have it as a backup. Right. So that's, that's key, but it's good Absol- that you're experiencing that now. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. You- yeah. I've actually had a couple of guests too, where, uh, unfortunately they couldn't come on because there was the audio issues. So I just had to reschedule with them. And then mm-hmm. I just did a, a show on my own and kept. Going on and on. And being almost 50, I've had a lot of life experiences and stories from the old days. And and I kind of like to bring that up here too. So yeah. you, you have to roll with the punches and stuff like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Are you okay with one more question?
1: Absolutely. Bring it. Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, any advice, not just for me, but any advice for those looking to pursue a career in radio, TV, broadcasting, and where can my audience again find you on social media?
1: So on social media, I'm on Twitter at producergal underscore wr, um, and I'm also on um, on Instagram but it's harder to find me because it's my initials and the year I was born. So it's uh, CFP 1975. Um, and, and that's on Instagram. I'm not so active on Instagram. I will admit it's it's there, but, um, I'm not as active. And then of course, if you're looking for me, you can find me at rogerstv.com under the staff in staff directory. I'm there and you can track me down. I think I show up under Waterloo region, but I actually work in all regions of, um, of, our coverage area. Uh, In terms of pursuing a career in broadcasting, my advice has always been and will always be go where your passion is and what your gut tells you. So I really, really honestly believe that the person who knows the best about themselves is themselves. And it's great when you have other people that are like, you're really good at that and, and whatever. There's no doubt about that that it's great to have someone tell you that you're great at something, but really, honestly, you know, if this is what you're going to pursue and that you're good at it, and what your skill sets are. So I really think it's about taking what you already know about yourself and developing it to be what you want to be. Um, it, it's like, I, I teach, a, like I teach, tons of different students right now at the college. And I'm, and I'm fortunate to be able to do that. Um, that kind of came just sort of out of the blue. And I, I love the fact that I'm able to help coach people with their skills and stuff, but you know, what you love about media, right? Like, you know, that you, you love the idea of talking to different people and doing the storytelling from that end, right? You know, that that's what you're interested in you're interested in the radio end of it as well as television, but podcast and being, you're interested in radio and the direction you want to go. So for me, I think it's important to pursue the things that you definitely, that's what fills your cup, right? Cause at the end of the day, who wants to be in a job that they hate? Like it's about being around, the things that fill you up and sometimes you know you don't always know in media because there's so many things in media like you could go in a variety of directions like in my television performance class half my students don't even want to be in front of the camera and i always tell them it's not about being in front of the camera it's about being a better presenter and someone who can communicate. And and yes, the TV cameras here just to film you, but it's about the skill set that you want to put into play. So I always say to them, I'm yes, I'm marking you, but I'm not marking you on whether you're going to be the next Jim Shudo on CNN. That's not what I'm marking. I'm marking the confidence that you start to develop by the relationship you develop with the camera or with the microphone or whatever. And for me, I think it's so important to find where you are valuable. And so if you you want to be in television or you want to be in radio and you see a niche that's right there that you want, work towards it. Um, ask people for advice for sure, but always ask people that you know are going to be honest, but not hurtful because there's too much negative negativity, oh, yeah. right? And And I always look for people who are honest that can help me develop where I need to be. The first time someone says to me, you know, Well, I, I really like you, Carla, but I don't think you'd be good at that. That's done because you're not helping me. I'm not asking for your subjective opinion. I'm asking for how do I get to the next step, right? So for me, with my students, I always say to them, what is it that you want to do? Like, do you want to be in front of the camera? Because if you don't want to be in front of the camera, I'm not going to teach you to be a brilliant person in front of the camera necessarily. I'm going to teach you the skills that will help you be a better communicator and presenter to the people that you're going to have in front of the camera. Because if you're a producer behind the scenes, you have to know what looks good in front of the camera. So you have to know how to develop your talent. So what I always say is... um, You know, think about what it is you want and then talk to the people who can help you get there and the ones that are willing to coach you and the ones that are willing to talk to you and work with you and develop you. Um, Because at the end of the day, I want to see success with the people that are around me, because if they're successful, I'm successful in so many ways, whether it's I'm richer because of their friendship, or it's because of the fact that they have this ability that I'm going to be able to work with at some point, you know, like, and, and, and that's really like the big thing about it is that you really want people that can help you and and mentor you in ways that maybe you never thought were possible. But the other thing too, is that this industry is hard. I, I have scars that go deep down, but at the same time, I have kept pushing and kept knowing that there was somewhere I needed to be right. Like that the Rogers TV end of it for me was where I wanted to be. I didn't know necessarily that it was Rogers TV. As the company, but I knew the atmosphere, the, the job that I was going to get to do. That's what I wanted. I knew it was out there. I just didn't know exactly where it was. I bounced around to a bunch of different places, but you never felt like I never felt that I hit that niche or I never felt that I hit that particular place where it felt like home. When I walked into Rogers TV, for me, it felt like I had walked into a home that I didn't even know I had because it was this environment that was welcoming. But the other thing is, I was allowed to make mistakes in ways I have never been allowed to do. But I also was allowed to be really super creative in ways I've never been able to be. And and I like, I like I love storytelling, but not necessarily my storytelling. I love telling stories of the community, but I also love editing. And I didn't think I loved editing until all of a sudden I had to work on it to be better at it. And now I love editing a story or I love editing a show because I get to be creative in a way that my hosts don't even sometimes know that I'm going to do. And then they see the final product and they're like, Oh my God, I had no idea we could do that. I didn't know you knew how to do that. That's amazing. And then you start to collaborate and all of that. But it's so much about like when you're pursuing something in media or in the arts or whatever, you have to push you have to push. If you want to be somewhere, you got to have your name out there and you got to have people know, Hey, I'm this person and I'm here. Right. Like, and, and you have to, you have to want it because everybody wants it supposedly, but it's the true pushing past and honing your skills in every which way you can. And the opportunities that you get paid or unpaid, take them because it really will allow you to get those skills that you need going forward. Right. Like, um. I, I really think some of the the greatest opportunities I've had in my career weren't paid and they were they were just I was there and I just walked in like a sponge and went, oh, <laughs> I get to try this or I get to meet this person or I get to listen to this story. Like, I always feel like I'm listening in on people's conversations as a producer because I'm not in front of the camera that much. It's, it's rare when I am, but, um, essentially like when I'm sitting listening, I feel like I'm this, like this nosy neighbor that's listening in on somebody's conversation as I'm getting ready to figure out, okay, how can I tell that story? How can I cut that down to make that impactful or make that a really great show or whatever it is. But what I love about it is the fact that when you get to collaborate with people, and like-minded people, you can make some amazing television that you just like, you're so proud of and that you're happy to do. And that's at the end game, right? Like that's the end game to getting there. And when you're there, you have to turn around and look back and see where you came from. Like just with you talking about the fact that, you know, two years ago, you didn't know how to do a podcast and and you had really hadn't done a whole lot um with the camera and stuff but look at where you are now look at what you've done and that's two years and that's like that in time even though it's like two years is a long time yes especially when you're in a lockdown (laughs) but at the same time it's like that and and look at how far you've come in such a short amount of time like even though it's long and short if that makes any sense but you know what i mean like it's it's those things that like i i I'm at, I've been at this now 27 years and how, how, (laughs) like, when did that happen? Because I still think we're in 1996, (laughs) you know, it's 2022 and I have a 16 year old kid and a 13 year old kid. Where did that happen? Like, but at the same time, um, media can be really great and it has its pitfalls because we get attacked because we're the, you know, the evil to everything, which really are we, but anyway, (laughs) that's a whole different conversation. Yes but the, the but the point to it is is think about all the great things that you can do in media the stories you can tell about your community the hockey games you get to witness and be a part of and the great moments especially like when you know Guelph storm won the memorial cup and those kind of things that you're there to see and and to witness and the people that you get to meet that are also ones that have been to the olympics or have been you know to these wonderful moments in in the world that you may not have got to experience but you, other than to watch on television but that box brought mm-hmm. that into your house or that radio station you were listening to, you know, something monumental happened and you tuned in and all of a sudden the song that you remember had something to do with a memory or whatever, but that's magic, right? And that's what I always say is if you can find that magic and media is that magic, go for it because like, you never know unless you try. And sometimes it's about just pushing and pushing and pushing until you get to where you want to be and to be on that other side. Like it's, it's just like, I think, For me, I've been so incredibly blessed for the opportunities I've been given. And I never take those for granted because of the fact that I've had times where I didn't get the jobs I wanted or I was laid off or whatever it is. And every time I've been able to bounce back and do stuff, I I don't take it for granted because the opportunity is is extraordinary when you're able to do it. And and, you know, like from the volunteering standpoint in the internships, those are so valuable because you learn things that you wouldn't necessarily learn in the job. Um, But the other thing is, is that the relationships that you build in that, like, if you were to walk away from Rogers, and you were to go somewhere else, um, as a paid radio personality, you'll still look at your Rogers TV very fondly, because of the fact that you love that experience. And sometimes that's just what drives you to pursue your career that much more, right, is those kind of things. And it gives you that ability to want to do more, and try more. And, and I, I love, like, I love the fact that Rogers has allowed me to be the producer I want to be, but also be as creative as I want to be. And I wouldn't get that anywhere else. So my advice in a very roundabout sort of all over the place thing is, is keep pursuing what you want to pursue. If you want to be a reporter, find the way to be the reporter. Um, And there's opportunities in ways that we didn't have before. Like when I was going through uh, in college, podcasts weren't a thing, right? Like they didn't even really, I don't think they existed. Um, The other thing is, is that you had to be with a recognizable brand, Like it had to be CTV or it had to be global or it had to be something or city or whoever. It had to be that. You don't have to have that now. You can have your own brand. Like you have your own brand for your your podcast. So those are the great things. And you have audiences that you're able to develop that you may have a bigger audience that tunes in to watch your stuff than what's tuning into traditional television. That's a thing, right? Love so it. that's the amazing thing. And take the opportunity that you have. And this is an extraordinary platform. And the fact that you're doing what you're doing is extraordinary because that's going to get you that much further, I believe. In your career and your goals, because you're putting it out there and you're you're taking the opportunity to hone your skills and you're talking to lots of different broadcasters, not just me, but you're talking to like tons of people like look at the the list, you have quite a list. So look at that. And that's that's impressive. And I mean, it's great you talk to us at Rogers, but I love the fact that you talk to people from Fox you talk to people, you know, in the states that are, um, you know, uh, sportscasters and all of that kind of stuff. And you talk to our Canadian sportscasters and all of those things. The first interview I ever did was with Rod Black and he was such a genuinely wonderful person. And I, and he was like the fact he took time out of his day. I was a college student and he took time. (laughs) It was like, and I, and I appreciated that to no end. So like, I really honestly believe that broadcasters love to talk to each other and they love to help promote absolutely
0: absolutely and i've been very lucky and uh, i just tell you it's hard work and it's something i really love doing i have a passion for it and as soon as i'm done with you tonight carla i'm going to be looking to book more guests into april and get my podcast shows ready for next week
1: that's awesome that's awesome that's spoken like a true producer. So put that on your credit, your producer, because that's what I do. <laughs> I, I think about the next thing. I'm always weeks ahead, right? Like, yeah. I know we're only in um, March. March. I'm already yeah. in April and yes. June and all of that. So that's awesome. Yep. So yeah, yes. absolutely.
0: And I have a guest coming on from the Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears uh, next week, Tim St. Clair. I nice. don't know how he, I don't know how he has even time to come on my podcast because he does PA and for five teams, and uh, he the has. A, yeah. So, and I was I reached out to him. I figure it was a long shot, and he he it took him two months to get back to me. He goes, Chris, I'd love to come on your show if you still want me to come on, so, and I'm like, yeah.
1: My question to you, since you were asking me questions, my question to you is, um. How do you, like, what do you, when you're approaching somebody, do you send them an email? Do you find them on social media? And what's your approach? How do you Um,
0: email them through their website or social media or through the, let's say Chicago bulls, Mm -hmm. uh, Detroit Tigers, whatever. And then um, they see my work on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and all my audio platforms. And they either watch or listen to my previous podcast. They like it and they get in touch with me and, And we work out a a day and time that they can come on. And even if it's at nine in the morning and I'm coming off a midnight shift, I suck it up and I do it. That's another word I wanted to use with you is flexibility.
1: Yes. Yes. Flexibility is the biggest thing you will ever need in broadcasting. 100%. And the other thing about flexibility with that as a producer You have to be flexible. As a radio personality, you have to be flexible. As a TV producer, photog, camera person, whatever it is that you want to be flexibility, right? Like it and if you ever in management. you have to be flexible like broadcasting you have to be flexible because of preemptions because of whatever but at the end of the day flexibility is the greatest asset you will ever have in your toolkit is that you know how to be flexible and and the fact that you know if you want something you have to You have to go on the time that someone else will give you. Sometimes, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Anyways, Carla, I think I kept you longer than. Oh, you know what? It was a great conversation.
1: I enjoyed this very much. I appreciate the fact that you wanted to talk to me. I mean, I don't know many people. too. So I loved it. It was great. And anytime you want me to come back, just to come back, I'll come back. I would love it. Yes.
0: Yeah. No, I'd love to have you come back as a guest because I've got some more questions and uh, things I wanted to ask you the next time I I, I have you come on.
1: Okay. Perfect. I mean, I am open to it at any point because if you ever have somebody cancel and you need somebody at the last minute, I can dial in. (laughs) I understand that (laughs) as a producer, but I had a great time and I appreciated the fact that you wanted to talk to me about my career and all of that. And I mean, I'm a long winded person, as you can tell. My no dad said about me.
0: <laughs> so same here, same here. And uh, I was going to say, and uh, I tell people, if you want to volunteer, even if you just want to volunteer to help out and not necessarily look for a career out of it, to come to Rogers TV. Cause I, I really, out of all the volunteering I've done over the years uh, it's been a really good experience so far. And uh, I'd like to hopefully be with Rogers for a while yet.
1: Well, we want to keep you. So, you know, like I, I've only heard positives. I've never heard a negative and everybody like loves working with you on the Guelph storm and, and all of that. And I mean, my brother has said that and, you know, Neil has said that and Patty. and <laughs> So I mean, anytime that you want to do anything with me, which I don't know what pops up anymore for me at this point, given that we're still in the COVID times, but um, it'd be wonderful to have you come and be a part of my stuff. But we absolutely appreciate everything that you bring to Rogers TV and the skills that you come with and the fact that you want to promote us as much as you do and all of that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. And we love the fact that you're a part of our team because you are a part of our team and so always keep that in mind that we're a family and we love our volunteers like we couldn't do what we do without them you know our hosts or our volunteers our uh crew are volunteers and then there's a couple of us that aren't but essentially we love the fact that you guys will give up your time to come and do things with us and you know like um sometimes we're not Necessarily organized. So the fact that you can come and help us and make us look fantastic is amazing, and we Perfect. appreciate volunteers beyond. Like we couldn't do what we do without you. So right. I I love the fact I was able to join your show.
0: Okay. Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Carla, and definitely we'll get back to you about having you come on again because I got some more. I have some more questions and uh some things I want to talk to you about okay. TV and radio and stuff like that as well. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, Carla, have a great night and we'll be in touch with you soon. I will download this audio later tonight and I'll share it on my Twitter page as well.
1: Perfect. All right. Thanks
0: so much. Thanks, Carla. Bye. Bye. Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, Season 3, Episode 18 uh, with my guest tonight, uh, Carla Fitzsimmons from uh, Rogers TV. You guys can check out rogerstv.com if you're interested in volunteering with them. And also, guys, you can check out Carla on Twitter at wr as well. And also, guys, before we go, uh, my next Live with CDP podcast to be announced. I will do that on the weekend. And before we go, I'm just going to show a little video clip of the game that I worked with uh, Rogers TV last night between the London Knights and Guelph Storm. This video clip is courtesy of
2: Rogers TV. Or in this league, what a season he is having! As he tries to force it up into the slot, trying to find strong just he couldn't, and they'll turn it over. And Guelph will head the other way. Here comes job nice seam pass, looking for Zilkin. That's open. He scores. Danny Dangles finishes it off in front, and the Storm have a one-nothing lead. Pump back down low. Guelph rather will get a clean line change as Steklov skates away from the pressure of Pastajov. hitting the home run feed, and here's London with. A breakaway and a fine glove save by Oster. He robbed Faber. These Absolutely. two teams not fans of each other. It's another breakaway and a big blocker saved by Oster up into the netting. He just robbed McSorley. Nice floating pass from the London goaltender. Evangelista McGurn scores! McGurn cuts the lead to 2-1 on the man advantage. The Knights are on the board. Profaca. Through the middle, a little too hard for Pass to drop the handle. And Evangelista's got a step with Stronges. Scores! And the game is tied. Stronges upstairs on a 2 on 0. And the Knights strike twice. Walker trying to walk it back to the point. Sandu, here's Allen. Big shot! Scores! Cam Tastic is back at it again. It's 4 3 now for the Knights. Cam Allen wires one he went down a little too easy there, as London on the defensive zone draw, rebound for it, scores! It's braided Bowman, and the game is tied. Gets some help from Zhilkin, who will skate away into the feet of Pappas, who handles that nicely. Pappas losing it in his feet, right in front, scores! It is Sasha passed a job to the rescue and the Storm lead again. It's 5-4-12. they line up for the draw. Linesmen want to make sure it's just right. Cooper Walker couldn't win it, and the oh, they score! The Knights will not go quietly into the night. And it's Morgan who ties it at five. Past job, Alan Shilkin. Here is Shilkin with Past job going to the net. Shilkin buzzes one high and wide. And will that chase London the other way? No, it's out of play. profaca couldn't get it. And now a breakaway the other way. Evangelista McFarland rushing back. Evangelista, he hit the post. And he is down. A big hit. Antonio Stranges will kick us off in the shootout with the boobirds raining down, dancing on his edges. Stranges tried to go between the legs, but he pumped it over the net of Jacob Oster to start it for the Storm, Bushinger down the middle, and he's bested by the blocker of Owen Flores as he will go way wide, sneaking in. Evangelista! Nice move to beat Oster on the five pole. Here comes Bowman, Bowman right in, and he scores. He beats Flores, high glove. We're tied up in the shootouts. He'll try and win it for the storm. Shugan coming down main street. Shugan right in, scores! the silkiest of mitts on the young russian and he wins it in a shootout for the guelph storm what a hockey game mark perry my god
0: Anyways, guys, that clip was courtesy of Rogers TV, and that was a great game last night. Guelph is now 6-2-1 against the Knights this year in nine games. They got two more regular season games against uh, London, Uh, I believe March 27th at the Sleeman Center on a Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and then Sunday... April 10th at 2 o'clock at Budweather Gardens. And speaking of the storm, uh, the storm are back in action tomorrow night at 7.30 against the Sernia Sting on Rogers TV, and I'll be working the game as well. So uh, I guess anyways, I want to say thank you to my guest, Carla Fitzsimmons, uh, from Rogers TV, producer, for coming on. And I want to say thank you to everybody watching on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe if you haven't on Facebook, Twitter, And also, guys, before I go, I'm just going to let you guys know, uh, my next uh, Live with CDP podcast to be announced on the weekend. And also, guys, just to let you know, uh, I'm just going to put this on right here now. Live with CDP podcast, the audio version is downloaded to Google Podcasts, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, CastBox, and LinkedIn. As well, and you guys can also follow me on TikTok, and uh, also, guys, just to let you know again. My next Live with CDP podcast, I'll make an announcement this weekend. I've got some more podcasts lined up for next weekend. But, again, I want to say thank you to Angela Foster for coming on today and Carla Fitzsimmons. And thank you again, everybody, for watching Live with CDP uh, Season 3, Episodes 17 and 18 today. And I hope everybody has a great night. And uh, hope you guys can check out the Storm Sting game tomorrow night on Rogers TV at 730 As well, And I'll be behind the camera again as well. So looking forward to that. And uh, just want to say again, thanks to my guests. And we'll see you guys uh, next week for more of Live with CDP podcast audio and live as well. I hope everybody has a great weekend. Again, happy St. Patrick's Day. And we'll see you guys next week for more Live with CDP uh, episodes. Have a great night. Great weekend, everybody. And go, storm, goal.